Hello and welcome to this, a very special bite-sized edition of the Ian Prendercast, a Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA Traffic. This is called A Chat With, where we catch up with a former player who has a special link to this week's opponent, this week's opponent being Hawthorne. We hope you like it. Today's guest played 66 AFL games in total. 44 of them were in our number 13 between 2016 and 2018. We're very, very pleased to welcome Jed Lamb. How are you going, Jed? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for giving us a bit of your time and joining us for a chat. We'll um, get to round 22, 2017 shortly. But before we do that, um, what do you do with yourself these days? Uh, so, yeah, I'm just working full-time for John Holland on the railway now, mate. So uh, just working with an overhead crew, so running wires and standing field. Um, so I ended up getting that job um, once I sort of got the arse from Carlton. Yep. Um, and, yeah, got the job through playing footy down Bendigo for a club called White Hills. So it's good, mate. I love what I'm doing and, yeah, it's been good so far. There'd be plenty of work in that industry just at the moment. Yeah, there is, mate. It uh, should be a bit busier, but obviously with this coronavirus and stuff yep. that's going on, it's um, died down a bit. But, yeah, I'm very fortunate. We are... I've still been working through it all, so I'm very grateful, mate. Uh, had you planned to play any footy this year? I did, yeah. So... I was going to play back down at White Hills again. Yep. Um, so, obviously, I'm Sam Carriage is a coach down there. So, he obviously played at Carlton as well. Um, so, I was going to have one more year. We went pretty close last year. got knocked out in the finals and they recruited pretty well. So, I was going to stick around for one more year. But, unfortunately, the virus sort of put a hold on that. So, I'll probably be heading back down there next year. How would you describe Sam as a coach? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty um, similar way they played. He's very strict and he still trains hard and, very professional, but um, sort of what the, the club needed. I haven't had a bit of a success for a while, so um, the boys love him, all the coaches love him, so he's fit in really well. Uh, what's your relationship with the game now? Um, I always sort of wonder that, you know, guys like yourself who, who live the footy, you know, lifestyle, and it's, it's I think people probably don't understand how, you know, how uh, regimented and strict it is, and then you give yourself up to it and then it's over. Um, what's your relationship with the game? Do you still keep an eye on things? Yeah, absolutely, mate. I still, I still love the game. Um, I still keep in contact with a few of the boys from Carlton. It's a bit hard with working, obviously, different schedules and stuff. Um, yeah, I still, I still watch a lot of the games. Um, I still watch most of the Carlton games. It's good to see them winning a few games and slowly climbing back up the ladder where they should be. Um, but, yeah, it, as you said, mate, it was so strict and regimented for eight years. So it's nice now sort of not having the stress and stuff. I did miss it at first. Yeah. I was, pretty, I was pretty disappointed with being let go, but, um, yeah, there's, there's more things to life than just footy at the time. I was really disappointed, but I'm in a good space now, mate, enjoying life, so things are good. I reckon, like, what people probably don't... It would be an amazing job. Like, you go in, you go into the club every day, there's 45 other blokes, um, plus coaches, plus staff. It, it would be an absolute hoot. I think, is that the, one of the hardest things to sort of have taken away? Oh, absolutely, mate. Like, I love I love playing footy, don't get me wrong, but one of my favourite things is just the banner around yep. the club and being in the change room, just having the whole 45 blokes in after train, just talking a bit of crap and having a bit of a, bit of a laugh. It's probably the one thing you miss the most and you probably take those things a bit for granted when you're in the same sort of regime for so long, but once you're sort of out of the game, you, yeah, you definitely miss those sort of things and even just interacting with the coaches and stuff around the club, the staff and um, physios and stuff like that, you build a really good relationship with it. It's hard at first, but yeah, you sort of move on after a while. 
who's got the the best banter and who's got the worst of the guys that you played with? Uh, Harry Mackay's got pretty good banter. He, um, really? Early yeah, early days, he was a bit bit um, you wouldn't have thought that. He was very arrogant, and, um, <laughs> and it took a while, him a while to sort of find his feet. But he's got pretty good banter. He takes it pretty well and gives it back pretty well. Um, Ed Kernow, he loves a bit of a his take. He's a bit of a different character, and a different personality, but. Um, yeah, real funny bugger as well. Also, probably when I was there, Danny Thomas. Oh, of course. The class clown and um, <laughs> always had something to say and it was always funny. So, Absolutely. And you obviously mentioned you, you sort of keep an eye on the Blues. What have you, you made of the, the season so far? We obviously play again this evening, but the eight games you've seen, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, but more pros than cons, I'd say. Yeah, it has been. Man. I guess uh, just with the year that has been, uh, most clubs are going to have those ups and downs, but... It's just good to see they scoring pretty heavily now. The, the forward line's working pretty well, um, playing a bit more attacking, which I think is the main thing. They've got some weapons in the midfield, some really good ball users down back, um, and they just just feels like they're full of confidence, and the coach is letting them just go out there and play footy. Absolutely. We'll, we'll sort of talk about how you, you came to the club briefly, and it was an interesting one because... And I'm keen to get your perspective because you came in the 2015 trade period, part of a, a deal that dealt a handful of your Giants teammates at the same time. How did that trade come about? You know, how did you come to be a part of it? Was it driven by yourself wanting to come back home? Was it your management? Was it Sauce? Yeah, it was a bit of a mixture, mate. So I, I'd been offered a contract from the Swans for an extra two years when I was there. Um, and I just said I'd hold off and see what happens. And then... Um, Ended up, yeah, coming out the buddies side and mm. it sort of made sense why I was sort of getting offered peanuts and stuff. Um, so once that happened, the Giants made a good offer. Obviously, Silvani was there at the time. Um, so, yeah, went across there for a couple of years and probably just didn't go to plan. I um, wasn't playing as regularly as I would have liked and stuff like that. So I had a pretty good opening on this chat with Leon Cameron in my second year. It was pretty early on in the season. He just sort of said to me, mate, look, to be honest, if things don't work out this year, we'll help you sort of look for options next year. And my manager was talking to Soss, who had then gone to Carlton. And um, Soss just said, just keep playing good footing the twos, mate, and um, we'll look to get you here next year. And um, So, yeah, it all worked out pretty well. Obviously, I'm from Victoria, so it was nice to get home and see a lot more of the family and friends. Um, and, yeah, I really enjoyed my time at Carlton as well, so that was a bonus. Yeah, you obviously joined at a, at, a, at a really interesting time for the club, a you know, new coach, as you said, Soss comes in and pretty much tears the whole joint up and the club, you know, fully commits to starting from scratch, really. What were your impressions when you walked through the door, having spent a bit of time at Sydney, which was obviously a very strong culture, a successful culture, you go to the Giants, who are similarly starting from scratch, and then you come to Carlton. What was your impressions of the Blues when you first arrived? Yeah, it was um, obviously a lot different. Obviously, going from Swans to Giants was very different. Walking in, I had... Leaders like Adam Good, Joe McVay, Ryan O'Keefe, who had been around the game for a long time, and then the head of the Giants. They were obviously really young and just starting out and finding their feet with their leaders and stuff. And then I guess I didn't realise how big footy really was until I sort of come back and walked into the doors of Carlton, even just like open trains, just the fans and how many people they get to function and stuff like that. So it was a real eye-opener, but I knew the club had great history and... Um, yeah, my first impression, I, um, I had a bit of a walkthrough before I actually come to the club and the facilities and stuff were all great. Um, I got along with all the coaches really well. First impression, including Bolts, 
So yeah, I was sort of, I sort of expected. I knew Carlton was such a big, rich history club, and sort of what I got, I guess. Mm. Uh, obviously, once you got there, you, you would have known that given what the club was undertaking, it could be pretty lean. From your 44 games, you played in just the 11 wins, and I think five of them when you in your last two years. As, as you sort of spent those three seasons, how did you assess personally sort of what the club was trying to build? Was it Because it's from a player's perspective, it's always interesting to hear you're obviously just carrying out instructions. How did you think it was going on the ground? Um, yeah, well, initially, I guess, new coaching and stuff, everyone, all the excitement and stuff there. I think the first... The first two years, I guess, um, the players, there's a lot of noise from the outside, but we were sort of told to block that out, which most clubs do, because internally you sort of have the belief and think you're on the right track. And we started, we did pretty well in my first year. We, I remember going nearly into the mid-season mm. five, well, one game out of the eight. I think yeah. we won five, five or so on the trot. Um, but I guess the second year when it was... Um, second and third year where there wasn't massive improvement made it sort of I guess as a player sucks a bit of the belief out of you mm. um, I know me personally I was still going to the games it's funny I still speak to my girlfriend when she asks me who do I think is going to win and I'll say <laughs> Carl and she used to say yeah but you used to start at every game <laughs> before you ran out and I said yeah well I used to I used to actually think we're going to win so it's a hard one to get a grip on because you sort of go out there hoping and thinking it's all going to go to plan, but um, yeah, it was sort of hard towards the end of the last year when we weren't getting many games because obviously that's what you play footy for to win games and have success and um, it's pretty hard week in, week out, having a loss and um, yeah, trying to put all the bits and pieces together. It's funny you mention that because one of my things watching us play this year has been it feels like once the guys get a bit of a taste of, oh, what we're doing is working, they're off to the races. Like what they'll, they'll start a game like the like the, the Bulldogs is a good example, um, and even Port Adelaide when they made a bit of a run. As soon as it started clicking, they went, "Oh yeah, excellent, we're off." Yeah, this yeah is I think what... so. I think I think that's what Teague's brought across. Obviously, he was the forward line at Adelaide when they were up the top of the ladder, and they were a real attacking, high-scoring team. And since Teague came to the club, even as a forward line coach, he's always just been strong on like play to your strengths and just play off instinct. Obviously, everyone's on the list because they've got talent and you don't get picked off your weaknesses to go out there and, and really use your weapons. And I think just watching from an outsider now, you can tell that they're all really confident and um, yeah, playing to their strength, I guess. So, uh, one of the things that you would have had a front row seat for during your time at the club was um, the rise of Patrick Cripps as both a player and a leader. Um, when you arrived, he was starting to, you know, show his potential, I suppose, but then for that three-year span you're at the club, he became an absolute superstar. What was it like watching him day in and day out from, you know, pretty much his shoulder? Oh, mate, he's an absolute, he's an absolute freak. He, it's not luck, but, mate, he's always, before training, he'd be out in the blue mat um, throwing balls off walls, um, working on his quick hands. In the gym, he was just an absolute beast. Um, yeah, but even just... Watching him grow as a lead, obviously, when I first got there, he was, a, he was pretty shy, but um, when I left, definitely, when he talks, people listen, and even when he, you can't hear him, he's just got a big aura about him, and you know he's in the room, and, yeah, he leads by example on and off the field, that's for sure, and love to, you love something like that on your team, that's for sure. Uh, we obviously spoke briefly about the end of 2018, and, and in just going back and looking at some numbers, because it was one of those I was myself thinking, oh, how did it kind of come to an end, and... 
you look at the raw stats, he played 18 games in 2018, including 10 of the last 11, and I think it was like the last five. And you're sort of going, well, it wasn't as though you're in and out of the team and you, you only played 10 games. Was there any dialogue about sort of potentially staying on? How did it all sort of come to an end so quickly? Yeah, so I was, yeah, as you mentioned, that was the, so I was in the system eight years, and my last year was the year I played the most games. Um, and I felt like my footy was starting to, I was starting to play some reasonable footy. I'd been moved to the half back, and I really enjoyed that role. I felt like I was playing my strengths. I felt like I was a really nice kick, so I could use the ball really well and set up play and also defend on sort of smaller smaller forwards for the opposition. Um, so, yeah, throughout the year, obviously, I was playing regular senior footy, and my manager told me that it was going to be fine. Soft said they were just trying to work out a few numbers and stuff, but not to stress, like, I'm playing each week, just worry about that. So throughout the year, I had no stress, I had no dramas. I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to be sweet. I'll get another year or whatever it is. Um, and it wasn't sort of until the end of year's um, reviews, um, I walked in sort of thinking, yeah, well, I'm going to walk out of you in the contract. And it was a total opposite, a big smack in the face. They said, they were going to delist me and invite me back for uh, training for a spot on the rookie list. Mm. So I walked out of there, shattered, mate. I was thinking, what the hell, I've just played 18 games and, and whatnot. There's blokes that haven't played any games that year or in three years that were getting contracts before me. Um, so, yeah, they obviously invited me back for training. I was, I was a bit iffy at first, but I thought I might as well go back. If I don't go back, I'll definitely regret it. Um, so I got super scared. I went back I went back two weeks earlier than I was meant to go back with the younger guys. Um, I was winning time trials. I was running really well. Probably the fittest I've ever been. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously they got Tommy Bug across from Melbourne. They said, gonna, they, they said it was going to be out of me and him and um, ended up picking Tommy Bug for them him to quit three weeks later. So That just makes it worse. It was really frustrating, mate. I know, it, I know it's a tough industry, but Absolutely. I, I didn't... <laughs> no, no, oh, sorry, mate, nothing like that. It was just, you're gone and Bug quit. I didn't hear from anyone, but... It's funny that like, when you when you explain it like that, it's funny because you sort of go, I, I'd, I'd heard about the, you know, and it's a shocking time of year, <clears throat> even as a fan, and you sort of, when those, you know, the, the press releases or the articles go up on the website and you go, oh, no, you know, there's four or five guys that get let go and you sort of go, you just your heart goes out to them. But it's funny hearing the circumstances that it's between you and Tommy Bug and nothing against Tommy Bug, but the way that worked out, you go, well, that's a disaster. Yeah, it um, didn't work out great because, I mean, three weeks, like, you've gone to trainer for three or so weeks, surely letting that you would have had some sort of feeling that you weren't 100% committed and nothing against Tommy Bug. I mean, um, they didn't make them pick him, but they ended up picking him. But, like, he wasn't running all that well. He, he's definitely been in better shape um, than he was at the time. So, yeah, I was, I was pretty disappointed the way it all panned out. But, as I said, no, I'm... I'm happy with how life is now, and there's more things to life than just footy. Absolutely. Well, we'll obviously get onto the, the night itself. Um, the whole sort of reason of, of reaching out to guys like yourself is to have a chat about um, whether it be you've got a link to this week's opposition, and in this case, your link is uh, a bit of a signature game. You know, in terms of your, your 66 game AFL career, and certainly your time with us, uh, round 22, 2017. From the outside looking in, it was a weird game as a fan because. Um, the, the club sort of seemed to put a bit of pressure on itself to beat the Hawks. 30th anniversary of the 87 flag. We hadn't beat them in 12 years. All the chatter coming from the club was, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night we beat them. 
get along because tonight's the night we end that drought. Did that filter through to the playing group at any time during the week as sort of pressure or expectation or was it more a positive message like this is the night we beat them? Oh, as I said before, mate, you sort of go in every game um, pretty confident that you've done the work and um, you've sussed out the opposition and know how to beat them. But, yeah, obviously there's a, there's a pretty big night for the footy club, the reunion. We had all the, the past plays and that, and that there. So, um, obviously, those big occasions you sort of get a bit more revved and hyped up. But, yeah, it was a memorable uh, win for the club, that's for sure. Because I know that... Uh, I think the stat came out, it was pretty obvious, but... <clears throat> Guys like Murph and Gibbs hadn't played in a win against Hawthorne in their career. You're like, oh, yeah, like yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, but your role that night ended up being arguably the most talked about aspect of the game. Um, your tactics on the night were phenomenally effective. Uh, you finished with two goals too. You had 15 touches. Um, can you explain to us the lead-up? When were you told you've got the job on Sicily and were you given any specific directions about curtailing him? Yeah, so Bolts, obviously Bolts was at Hawthorne, so he obviously knew Sicily was a bit of a hot egg when he crossed the white line. Um, I'm not too sure leading up to that game whether I'd played that role. I think I might have a little bit. Um, but yeah, Bolts obviously come up to me during the week and said, mate, I'm putting you, I'm sending you to Sicily. I want you to do anything and everything you can to get under his skin. He'll, and as, as long as you do it, he'll, he'll bite back and you should get under his skin really easily and to be honest, it wasn't that hard, mate. From, from the first bounce, I was nothing against the laws of the game. I was all in fairness. Um, yeah, it just sort of went my way. He was giving free kicks off the ball. He was, um, yeah, giving free kicks to other players as well. He was arguing with his teammates. Um, and, yeah, obviously there's a bit of publicity about the game. And even these days, mate, when I um, run into someone who loves footy or recognises me, they're always saying, Oh mate, that game against Hawthorne was unbelievable. So when you, whenever, like James Sicily is a very, very good footballer. Whenever he plays well, better than even money, someone will bring you up. Oh, hundred percent, mate. Yeah, it's always through my Twitter feed, yes. on my Instagram and stuff. They always, if he has a good game, they they'll message you saying, "Geez, we needed you out there," or something like that. But, I don't have yeah. the I don't have the numbers, but obviously that game was round twenty two, um, and it kind of put put a. Uh, you know, put a fork in Hawthorne's finals hopes. So they're a bit slim, but the next week they played the Dogs. He was best man on the ground. Like, the, the Hawks had a pretty good win, and he was legitimately best man on the ground. And you're sort of sitting there thinking, five, six days earlier we saw a guy nullify him completely, give you the blueprint, and just disregard it. It was bizarre. It was just utterly yeah, well, bizarre. Well, that's the thing. He's obviously... If you're getting someone sent to you, obviously... A gun player, so um, he should, uh, I guess, in a way, love that that someone's getting sent to him. It means the, the club and the coaches from the opposition obviously respect him and think he's a really good player. So, yeah, but yeah, there's a blueprint there. I think a few other teams went after him maybe the following year after that. But I remember playing against him the following year. And the first time we came up against him was in Tasmania. We had a JLT against him. And, the whole game, I had James Sicily and Luke Hodge stepping on my feet with their boots. Um, so, yeah. You don't really that need that in a pre-season game. Nah, it wasn't ideal, that's for sure, mate. Well, the, the quotes, obviously, after the game, Alistair Clarkson, he uh, quoted, was quoted as saying, that's the way Carlton plays sometimes if you're not ready for it. It's a good learning curve for Sicily. He was targeted by Lamb, who carried out his role really well. Um, threw gritted teeth a bit there, but 
uh, bolts down, played the idea that you targeted Sicily, saying in his press uh, press conference you were just playing a negating role on him. So sounds a little bit more in-depth than that, but... Uh, yeah, I think as, as coaches, mate, I just play a bit of a straight back. <laughs> I love it. Um, apart from being happy with the win, like you said, you know, the win is everything. Um, personally, is that the most satisfied you've been coming off a footy field? Um, I remember this being really drained. It's, it's um, I, I love playing that role, but it was very drained just because always have to be Adam and and stuff like that. But yeah, it's probably one of the, the better feelings coming off the ground. Um, just knowing I played my role really well and sort of helped the team get a win and just, um, you know, as I said, played my role and also just to have the, the ex-players there watching and um, they were down the rooms after the game. And, you know, it's just a really good feeling in the, in the change rooms after the game and really good to finally get a win as well. Well, look, thank you so much for your time today. You should be immensely proud and satisfied of your time in the AFL in general. Um, you know, very, very few players, A, get to play a game and more than that, get to 50 games and that's uh, a fantastic effort. Um, and as we touched on, you've sort of earned yourself a bit of a special place in um, modern Carlton's folklore. Like whenever we play Hawthorne, this game comes up, your performance comes up and whenever Sicily plays well in general, your name comes up, which is great. So um, I thank you so much for your time today and, and wish you all the best. No worries. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Take care.